There's just two weeks to go in the Major League Baseball season. Boy, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but nonetheless, in just a couple of months, and now we're down to two weeks, and then the playoffs begin in Major League Baseball for this COVID 2020 baseball season. Good evening, everyone. I'm Dave Mitchell. Glad to have you along tonight on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show here on UltimateSportsTalk.com, where we sit back and talk about the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. And in order to do that, we need to bring in our resident Reds expert here in Cincinnati, Blake Watson. Blake, how you been? Welcome back. Boy, it's been a while since you and I have talked. Feels like it's been a month, Dave. I mean, I know it's been <laughs> two weeks since I've been on with you, and it's, you know, life has been happening, and things have been nuts. Yeah, it has it's been. Well Especially in your... uh your profession, everything is going to go haywire here in the next couple of months, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 going to be crazy. We should have a better idea of what our um, uh, spring sports schedules look like. Um, so we just we don't really know what's going to happen yet at this point. Who knows? If we're actually going to play, but got to prepare like we're going to. Yep. Well. The Cincinnati Reds really have never hit their stride this season. Just two weeks to go, Blake. Um, right now, they've still got an opportunity to make the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the overall standings in the National League, the Reds right now are out of the playoffs with a record of 21 and 26, and they've got a, they're just a couple of games behind the Dodgers, or the, excuse me, the Giants for that last wild card spot Let, let's start with the reds what has been the problem this year uh, it's uh, i think it's a lot of different things it's at, at times it's pitching at times it's the bullpen it's, at times it's a lineup i think overall the biggest disappointment for the reds has been the offense um but i think that's that way almost unilaterally across baseball right um i think you know offensive numbers are at a historic low for this season. And, and I think a lot of people expected that, um, you know, typically offense gets started a little later than pitching anyway, in, in normal seasons. Um, and with this truncated, really short timeline kind of expected that, um, the Reds have just had some fluky stuff, man. Moustakis goes down. He's not hitting when he gets back. Senzel's been out with a mystery illness for, you know, three weeks. We all kind of know it was COVID, but, um, they never really confirmed that. Um, and now Gray's on the DL. I mean, it's when the, when they pitch well, they don't hit. When they hit well, they don't pitch. Um, it's it's just been a struggle. And to boot, they're a really bad defensive baseball team too. Um, it, it's just you know you lose games on errors by Votto, and it's it, it's just been a, a disappointing season. I think that, you know if you look across baseball, they they might be the most disappointing team in in baseball this year. But that being said, they're only five games under 500 um, in a normal season. You know, that's not even close to out of it at this point. Um, and, and you're just one run away from, from getting back in this thing. And I, I, I have a really weird feeling that they're starting to kind of put it together. I don't know why I feel that way. Um, I felt like yesterday the 10-5 win um, the other day was maybe the best full baseball game they played all year. Um and, and it was the first time I'm watching the Reds, and it's like they didn't pitch that well. Mally had a decent start, but, I mean, he gave up four or five. And they kept scoring. They played add-on. They they did the little things to score runs um, that they haven't done in the past. 
So, you know, you got a couple games here against the Pirates today. You get both of them, and I think they're right back in it. So I wouldn't be shocked if they find a way to squeak in. And I'm telling you now, whoever they play, you don't want to play the Reds in a short series because of the pitching. Well, you could say that same thing about the Indians, but I, I don't want to get to them here on, uh, right away. I want to move on to David Bell. Boy, there's a lot of yelling and screaming that people want David Bell's head uh, on a silver platter. They'd like to get rid of him. It's too late in this season to get rid of David Bell. I mean, let, let's call what call it what it is with only two weeks left to go. But does he survive in the off season to go into next year? Uh, it's hard, man. It's, it, if, if he, uh, if he finds a way to squeak into the playoffs, absolutely. If they get really close, make a run in these last 13, 14 games, I think he's got a good shot to stay the res manager next year. Um, and I think, I personally think he should. I understand everybody's complaints about David Bell. But I also get really irritated with a lot of them because they're just ridiculous. Um, you know, complaining about his handling of the bullpen, complaining about, I mean, the guy doesn't go out there and throw pitches. If he sticks his best guy out there, who he believes is his best guy out there, the guy gives up runs, that's not his fault. There's nothing he can do about that. Yeah. He's not swinging the bat for Joey Votto. Um, he's not the reason that the Reds, are, you know, are – Fourth or fifth in, in the league in home runs and like twenty sixth in runs scored. That's that's not him. Um, so I think I think a lot of it is unfounded. It took guts for Bell to bench Votto. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, you're talking about over twenty million dollars sitting on your bench. Yeah, and I mean, and he deserved to be benched without without a doubt. Um, it's just been. But since he came back, he's actually hit pretty well. Um, so I think it was the right decision to make. And, you know, that act, that decision alone showed me a lot of, uh, a lot of respect for Bell. I, I gained a little more respect for Bell because of that decision. Um, in your eyes, Blake, does Votto take too many pitches? Uh, no, that's who he is. I mean, that's, the guy that's become the on-base percentage queen of this new era of on-base percentage. In reality, now he's less of an on-base percentage guy. Yeah. And that I think that's what drives everybody crazy is that he, you know, when he was batting third, they screamed that he was taking too many pitches and not taking advantage of RBI situations. Then he was batting second. And they screamed that he wasn't going to the opposite field more or pulling the ball with a runner at first base. Now, when he's batting leadoff or second, it doesn't matter. He's taking too many pitches. Uh, it's weird, man. He just seemed to age a lot in a hurry. Um, I think his old approach isn't working as well. Uh, I don't know if, you know, people just aren't afraid of him. They worried they were a couple years ago. So they would nibble a lot more in the strike zone early, earlier in his career. And now, you know, they're throwing him pitches to hit. He's not hitting them. Why would you continue to pitch around him? Right. Right. The Sonny Gray injury. He hopes to be back before the end of the season. How much does that change the philosophy of the starting rotation? Uh, I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think you can change much with that one injury. Um, 
you know, obviously you lose one of your two or three horses. It's a big deal, but I just don't know how much you can really change this late in the season with that philosophy. Yeah. It, it It's going to be a – it could almost be a debilitating injury for the Reds because now, I mean, you've got Castillo and you've got Bauer, but before you had the big three. Yeah, and I think the, the hard part for the Reds is at times – Everybody they have is really good. Um, Antone's had really good starts. Malley's had really good starts. Um, DiClefani's had really good starts. But those guys are all a little more prone to a bad one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't have any bad ones down the stretch. They've all got to be pretty good. They need, you know, 13 or 14 straight quality starts. Right. Right. To give themselves an opportunity to get in, into this, because we know they're not going to hit better, much better than they have to this point. So, one they more. Need the, Go ahead. I'm just saying they need the pitching. Yeah. Now, one more question about the Reds before we move on to the Indians. About a week, week and a half ago, Trevor Bauer showed his Trevor Bauerness <laughs> against the, against his own team. When he became upset at the way they were playing defense in one of the games that he pitched, how much did that hurt him with the team or ingrain himself with the team? Uh, I think it does both, to be honest with you. And it, it all depends on the makeup of your team. Um, the Reds are, for the most part, a veteran group. And they're a little younger now with, you know, Steven, Tyler Stevenson playing more and Jose Garcia playing more. But, you know, you got a lot of veteran guys there. And, and they know when they play bad, so they don't really need somebody to point it out, um, which Bauer did. And I, I get his frustration, and I understand that he's out there pitching at a Cy Young level. And, you know, you're not getting run support, and guys are kicking the ball around. It'd be really, really difficult to not say something. Right. Um, but then again, you know, you go to say something to Joey Votto, who's one of the best players of this generation, without a doubt. Um and it just kind of falls flat for me a little bit. It's a little bit of that. All right, Trevor, I understand you're a little bit kooky, but shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, if I if I'm in the dugout with him, you know, I'm telling him to shut up. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, like, stop. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that shit. We all know what we did wrong. We're grown men here. You're not going to talk to somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I. Yeah. Trevor is Trevor, and it's. <laughs> It's not going to stop. He is going to be himself. And, and that's part of the reason he's so good, right? Like, that's one yeah. of the reasons Trevor Bauer is as good as he is. He's obviously got a fantastic arm. He, he He's a student of the game. He knows who he is. He knows his strengths. But he's also not afraid of that confrontation. That's part of the reason he'll go in a, in a 3-0 count and throw Anthony Rizzo a belt-high fastball and say, come on, big boy, hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll end up striking him out and out at bat because he's not afraid. I just, you know, Trevor Bauer's mentality, once he's on the hill, is second to none. Um, it's just sometimes when it carries over when he's not in the circle out there, it's, 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 it's a little much. Well, then we've got the Cleveland Indians, who are mired right now in a six-game losing streak. I mean, don't look, but at the beginning, one week ago today, Blake, on Labor Day, the Indians were in first place all by themselves in the American League Central. One week later, just one week, they're four and a half games behind the Chicago White Sox after a six-game losing streak. They lose three out of four to the Kansas City Royals. How do you lose three out of four 
to Kansas City on your home field. And then secondly, they go to Minnesota and they lose three in a row to the Minnesota Twins. This is just, you know, I would hate to face the Indians in the first round of the playoffs, but I would love to face the Indians in the first round of the playoffs because if you score more than two runs, you've got them beat. There's, they don't score more than two runs. And the pitchers that they've got are starting to run out of gas. The starters are starting to run out of gas. The relievers are starting to run out of gas. Just simply because every pitch that they make in every game, Blake, is a pressure-packed pitch because they cannot give up any runs, mainly because the offense can't score any runs. If you get past the top six batters in the Indians lineup, they can't hit. They just can't hit. It's almost amazing what they have done with this team. And they've got outfielders. The only outfielder that hits right now is Tyler Naquin. But they've got a center fielder in Delino DeShields, who's a joke. Matt Nagy they picked up from San Diego in that trade. I think he's going to be a good one, but he's trying to learn a different league. And right now, I mean, their infield has played virtually every game this year with Santana, Hernandez, Lindor, and Ramirez. The only person that has gotten a break has been Ramirez because he's got a sore thumb right now, and they put Mike Freeman at third. Roberto Perez is out of gas. He, he's been on the DL now twice this year because he's got what they term a tired arm, and he's unable to throw the ball to second base. And the other two catchers that they've got, Blake, they don't even come close to hitting their weight, let alone anybody else's weight on the team. This team was just, you know, I, I, I've been this way now for about five years with this team. They constantly claim poverty. They constantly sit back and say that, you know, we're one of the best organizations in baseball, which I think they are, but when it comes to Putting pieces together, Blake, if they don't come up with a diamond in the rough like they have a couple of times with Rajay Davis back in 2016, um, which, boy, they found something there. Jason Giambi that year also. If they don't find a diamond in the rough, they're done. They, they just don't want to go out and spend money. And here you've got a team down here in Cincinnati that, okay, you can complain about who they spent the money on, but at least they're out trying to improve the ball club. And as far as the Indians are concerned, Blake, I don't know how how you feel about it, but this team is just so poorly organized and put together. I I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I think the Indians have become, and it's terrible to say, one of the poorer run organizations in baseball. It just seems like they they have no rudder. Are they going all in or are they going to blow it up? Um, because they're not good enough to win the World Series right now, and they're not bad enough to to be bad, right? Like it's they're not cutting enough payroll to save to eventually spend money. And it's a little different in baseball versus other sports, because um, you know it doesn't draft picks don't equate to wins n- normally. Obviously, you always want to draft higher, feel like you get a better quality player, um, but that's not you know not guaranteed as much in baseball as it is in any other sport. How many number one overall picks have flamed out in the minors? Um, it, a lot more than in other sports. So I feel like they just don't have a true direction, right? It, 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 it would have been last year 
Um, you know, I, I, you and I argued, you know, before we started any of this show stuff that I thought they should trade Lindor. And part of that is because I wanted him to end up with the Reds. Um, but I really thought they should trade him and I didn't think they'd be as good this year as they are. Um, and I think if, you know, a longer season, they might not have been because the pitching was so dominant early. Um, and it's, yeah, they need to, they need to pick a direction and go that way. Either, you know, figure out a way to re-sign Lindor and, and go all in this next off season or, you know, blow it up and get what you can out of these guys, get some prospects and start to build that back up. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it, Blake, is they basically rebuilt their pitching staff from the beginning of the year. Their top three pitchers at the beginning of the year were Clevenger, Bieber, and Plezak. And, and Carrasco. I mean, you can put Carrasco probably because he was the third game starter ahead of Plezak. And they've gotten rid of, they've gotten rid of Clevenger. They sat Plezak down for a while because of the incident in Chicago. I mean, they have totally rearranged their starting rotation, just anchored by Shane Bieber. And that is obviously, that pitching staff is obviously the anchor of this ball club. But when you've got your top six hitters, being Hernandez one, Ramirez two, Lindor three, Santana, who's having a terrible year batting under 200, batting fourth, then you've got Reyes, who's really started to come around for this team, batting fifth, and then Naquin batting sixth. Then you've got a problem between Nagy, whomever you've got at catcher, and DeShields. I hated that deal for Corey Kluber. Couldn't stand it. Thought they could have gotten a lot more for the guy. He's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. I know he's injured this year, but nobody knew he was going to be. And they pick up a journeyman center fielder whom, uh, you know, I'm sorry to say, pull the nose ring out of your nose and try to hit. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sick of this guy is a reincarnation of Billy Hamilton. And we all know where Billy Hamilton is today. Oh, Billy Hamilton was a better player on his worst day than Delano DeShields Jr. is. Yeah, Um, I mean. DeShields can run, but he was, Billy Hamilton was an absolute weapon. Um, But, yeah, it's a similar type of player. Can't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. Um, I, I agree. And if you look at, you know, the Kluber deal and the Bauer deal, they really didn't get much out of either of them. Um, they got a half a year of Puig, which was fine, yep. but they didn't get a ton out of either of those two guys. And you're talking about two of the best starters in the history of that pro, that, uh, franchise. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, with the, with, especially with Bauer, it was a year and a half. Um, I can't believe they couldn't get more out of Bauer in, in that, in that scenario now. I, I think, it is that yeah, that. Antics, but yeah, that was a case where he threw the ball over the center field fence, which you know, quite honestly, I could care less. I, I yeah. you know, you know who that guy is, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's not like that's not who Trevor Bauer's always been, right? He's, it's not like he's showing you some new colors, and he was frustrated. You guys, they weren't playing well. He wasn't pitching; he was pitching okay, but he was struggling a little bit, and he's allowed to get frustrated. And what a lot of people don't realize in that game, Blake, that when he did that. He was pitching, and he was sick. He had the flu the night before. He had the stomach flu. He was pitching when he was sick. He went out there, and he threw a 100 pitches. Yeah, he got beat up. Yeah, he lost the game. Yeah, he was frustrated. But he was taking one for the team there because the bullpen was completely shot, and he was frustrated, and he pitched into the seventh inning, threw the ball over the center field fence, and they trade him the next day. 
Yeah, it's without a doubt, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, for a guy who was coming to them and was going to be suspended, by the way, in Puig for the fight in Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, it's just again, it's just another in the series of poor decisions they made. And while you know the Reds made a lot of rough trades after that little run they had in the in the late two thousands. I can argue that they won almost every one of them except for maybe the Cueto deal. Um, yeah, the Cueto deal was a joke. Well, but at the time, it didn't feel that way. Brandon Finnegan had just come off a year where he was really good in the Kansas City bullpen. Um, Cody Reed, they thought, was the next stud. John Lamb quit baseball. He was still able to play. I mean, you got three top-tier prospect left arms for four months of Johnny Cueto. So... I, I, that one I'll argue with, but they flipped Alfredo Simon and Eugenio Suarez. Mm-hmm. They um, banned Straley into Luis Castillo. So they've they've done a good job in their deals. Um, it's I don't know, man. It just feels like watching the Indians. It's just they have no real direction, and it's tough to watch because they have a lot of talent. Yeah, um, they have a very good manager. You expect them to be better, and, and, you know, I can't believe they didn't go out and find a better offensive outfield. You, you know, they should have signed Nick Castellanos as who they should have signed. Um, yeah. They, they should have found a way to get that deal done. Or if they weren't going to sign somebody of the Castellanos class or Marcelo Zuna or somebody like that, they should have blown it up. They should have traded uh, Lindor. You know, figured out a way to build a new team around Ramirez, maybe. I don't know. Um, They've just got everybody in Cleveland so brainwashed that they have no money. That's what they've got. Everybody in Cleveland is brainwashed. And I'm not, and, and that's the way that they want, they want to claim poverty on everybody. If they can't sign somebody to a discount contract, I mean, John Hart was back in the 90s with that team. He was a genius as far as talking players into sticking around, trading longevity for security. That's what he did with those players, and that's why they stuck around as long as they did. The only player that didn't buy into that philosophy was Albert Bell. And when Albert Bell left, if you remember, Blake, he was done. I mean, he spent one year in Baltimore, got traded to the Chicago White Sox, and basically ended up with a bad bad hip and couldn't play anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that group, the really, I mean, they had some guys that were good after they left there, but the only one that was really, really good after he left there was Manny Ramirez. Well, and Jim uh, Tomey. And Jim Tomey was he was good, but he wasn't the level Manny was when he left. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jim Tomey went to what Philly after that. Yeah, um, and he was still he was still a very productive player. But Manny Ramirez turned into one of the best. He stuck an eel in his ass and turned into one of the best uh, right-handed hitters I've ever seen. So, um, but yeah, he did a great job of you know finding guys like a Carlos Baerga or you know just those guys that were fit pieces for that team. And you know what? That's the thing that the Reds are missing right now is that their 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 stars are still really good and they're obviously struggling. But you know. You got to line up with Bato, Mustakas, Castellanos, and Suarez in it. You're going to have a chance to win some ball games. They don't have those tweener guys. Like the catching position's been a joke. Shortstop's been a joke. 
Um, Winker has been the only guy on that team that's hit pretty much all year. Um, and you didn't even like him at the beginning of the year. No. You argued with me that the guy couldn't hit, and, well, he can hit. Well, um, he's hot. Yeah. Let, let's he's, see. He's let's better, see continue it. Baseball, unless you're one of the three or four or five best players in the game, you're a streaky player. That's the game of baseball. Game Baseball is a game of streaks. Um, you've got to maximize your hot streaks and minimize your, your cold spells. If you can do that, you become, you know, one of the greatest to ever do it. I want to move on. I want to move on to another team here that I think has really been surprising everybody at how badly they've been playing, even though they're five games above 500, and that's the New York Yankees. You know, that's one team, Blake, that has not reached their potential this year. A lot of it is due to injuries because Judge and Giancarlo Stanton have not been around for a lot of the season. But I'm telling you, Aaron Boone, I thought that was kind of a joke when they named him manager, and I'm thinking the same thing right now. He's not the kind of manager that's going to be able to pull this team out of the doldrums like Joe Girardi, I think, could have. Well, see, and I'll I'll continue to argue the same point (laughs) about David Bell. I think the manager of a baseball team matters less than the coach of any other major sport. I don't think it matters who your manager is. I really don't. I think you can give somebody a textbook that says, if this happens, do this, and you'll get the same result as a great manager. Now, coaches and other things like that and little adjustments, okay, that's fine. But if you can't throw, you can't hit, you can't catch, it doesn't matter who the manager is. If Garrett Cole was the Garrett Cole from last year, the Yankees aren't under underperforming. If Aaron Judge doesn't miss significant time, Giancarlo Stanton doesn't miss significant time, they're not the team that they are right now. Garrett Those Cole people, this year, Blake, is the reason you don't give pitchers more than a three-year contract. I I could have said the same thing about anybody, but I I said that when they signed him. Um, yeah, that we both got. Yeah, we watched. I watched him too much in Pittsburgh, right? Like he's a really good pitcher. He really is. He's got a plus plus arm, but I don't take him over. I, if if I have to start a game tomorrow and it's him or Trevor Bauer or him or Sonny Gray, I'm taking either one of my Reds guys. I think they are better pitchers. He might throw a little harder. He might strike out a couple more guys. But he, the, he's just – I don't know. I just think he had a historic run in the postseason at the perfect time for himself because his season last year was good, but it wasn't special. It wasn't Jacob DeGrom. Right. Um, he, but in the postseason – he was unbelievable, literally unhittable. And he, he maximized that and got himself paid. Yeah. And, you know, that's some, sometimes it's not about how good you are. It's about how, when you're good. And I said that, you know, similar to the Reds giving that big contract to Homer Bailey a few years ago instead of Johnny Cueto. Well, it was a matter of when, not how good they were. Like, we, everybody knew Cueto was better. But Cueto's contract wasn't up, and Homer Bailey's was. So you had to re-sign somebody. You re-sign the guy whose contract is up. That's the way that works. Well, it's, I, I'm going to – go ahead. I just It's tough. Did you see Chapman the other day? Yes. Shit his pants? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Did you see him – and I forget who the batter was. Did you see him throw at that that batter that night at his head? No, I did not see that. Oh, that he got his three-game suspension for? Yeah, I didn't see that one. Oh, my God. I mean, I've seen that happen before. But just watching it on TV scared me. 
I mean, oh, literally, it's, it's the first time I've ever been scared watching something like that, and I was scared to death seeing that. Yeah, roll his tab and I'll kill you. I mean, he throws hard enough to kill somebody. Yeah, and there was no reason for it. None at all. I, I don't know what he was trying to prove at that point, Blake, but, I, I, to, you know. He's trying to trap the whole world for when he shit himself. If Joe Kelly got suspended eight games for what he did, Chapman should have been suspended at least 16. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't see it, so I can't really comment on it, but Joe Kelly definitely shouldn't have been suspended for eight games. So. No. No. I mean, okay, if you had to pick somebody right now to be in the World Series, who would it be? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, oh, man, that's tough. Oh, God. It's hard not to say the Dodgers still. Um, I know that they've had their struggles, but um, it's that, that lineup is just ridiculous. Yeah. The White Sox got the best record in the, in the American League, and I don't see them being in the World Series. Oakland is really good, but, you know, uh, Chapman just went down for the year. Um, the American League is really difficult to pick. I think if the Yankees get healthy, they're still the team to beat. Um, but who knows if that's going to happen. Um, man, I like the Padres a lot. I like how this crazy season with that young team, I just they, – they really, you know, one of those – kind of like the the – what do they call the Red, the Red Sox that want to know for the idiots or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, they just don't know that they're not supposed to be this good right now, and I kind of like that. Um, this is just such a weird year, man. I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking at the standings right now, and I can't tell you who I would pick. Maybe Tampa Bay, their pitching staff is so good. Um, and they, they, they're the complete antithesis of what, you know, this new age baseball is. With, you know, they don't strike out. They yeah. get on base. They yeah. make it that hard. Um, they choke up and punch the ball all over the, all over the field. It makes it really difficult for even teams with really good pitching to dominate their lineup because they just make it so hard on every at bat. Yeah. Um, I would probably have to pick, if I had to pick right now based on who was healthy and all those things, I'd probably have to pick Tampa Bay and the Dodgers. Um, with the Dodgers winning the World Series. That's probably who I would have to pick. I've got in the National League, it's going to be between the Cubs and the Dodgers. And in the American League, I, I think it's going to be the White Sox. I think the White Sox are playing the best baseball right now, and they've just they've hit their stride. They've got everybody back. They've got everybody healthy, and they're ready to go. And I, still, I like the White Sox a lot. I still just don't think they have enough pitching in a short postseason series. I just don't. I mean, I think they can win it for sure. Yeah. But I I think if you go, you know, we all know how great pitching dominates great hitting in the postseason. That's just the way it is. Um, you play for one or two runs to win games. Um, I think that I think they will get into the playoffs and blow somebody out in one game and look great, and then get beat two to one the next day and the next day. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's against somebody like Tampa, they definitely can win it though, and they're playing. Them. Great baseball. That's one of the bad things about the Indians have hit their worst stretch while the White Sox are figuring it out. Well, the the Reds have 13 games left, Blake. They finish up with the Twins. After this week, that four-game set with the Pirates, which they've got the doubleheader tonight. Then they go to the White Sox. or I'm, I'm sorry, they play at home against the White Sox and then the Brewers, and then they go on the road to play the Twins the last weekend. And then for the Indians... They're off tonight, but they've got the Cubs the next two nights, and I think their winning streak or their losing streak is going to go to 
eight after they play those two games in Chicago. Then they'll be in Detroit for four games. They'll probably bounce back against the Tigers. Then they've got the White Sox for four games at home, and they finish up at home against the Pirates. So the schedule is not looking good for the Cleveland Indians the last week of the season, and we'll talk more about that next week, okay? Yes, sir. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Blake. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Thanks for joining us here on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. It's been nice to have you along. I'm Dave Mitchell for Blake Watson. Join us again next Monday night here on UltimateSportsTalk.com for the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Good night, everybody.